because I mean, people make terrible decisions. Like, uh, I will, like one of my best pieces of advice is to clients. It's like, don't go to the supermarket hungry, like eat a meal, yeah. then go to the supermarket. Cause you'll make terrible fucking decisions. You'll come home and be like, I don't even know why I bought any of this shit. Thanks for tuning into Power Athlete Radio, featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 All-Star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. All right, well, hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. I'm joined by Mr. McQuilkin, as usual. Howdy. And our nutrition ninjas, Sam and Rob, coming in remote. Hello, hello. Hi. Cool. Well, uh, we are going to answer some bitching questions that we have on the nutrition. It always <clears> seems <throat> like, uh, you know, nutrition goes hand in hand with all the training programs and the amount of questions that we get within the feed and this thing we have called the nutrition hot or that's no, not actually the nutrition hotline. It's just the power athlete hotline at 929-464-464-0-929-ing-ing-0. Right. You can, we are on WhatsApp. We are on international, WhatsApp, which is cool. Blowing up. Because uh, it actually comes through to my computer, so I keep hoping for weird pictures. So if you have weird pictures of McQuilkin you want to send, just text them into WhatsApp. I'm going to delete it from my phone, and you are just <laughs> reaching John's computer. Uh, actually, I That's admissible. It. I deleted it. It just goes to Emily, which is even better. <laughs> Thanks, Em. If you guys don't know, Em's, uh, Em's one of our back-end uh, ninjas and uh, kicks a lot of ass for us. So Makes she kind of keeps happen. the trains going on track. Yeah, this show... On track. Yeah. Everything. It's very difficult. But we're trying. So welcome, Nutrition Ninjas. We have a question. Are we ready? Should we yeah. just dive right in? Just fucking go. Okay. Ready, ready. From the hotline, I want to know more about the difference between being in a caloric deficit and then not even eating enough to where you store water and fat because your body is in, quote unquote, survival mode. Yeah, also known as starvation. So, I mean... Basically, this person's trying to lean out and knows they got to eat, but probably not sure how much. It's kind of an interesting piece, guys, and I was going to wrap with you on this. Um, I think what happens is is like there's two types of people. I've met people that just want to lean out and lose fat, um, and then I meet people that just want to look better naked, which is kind of an interesting piece because I found that for most people, if they just put on muscle – and if you think about like a percentage of body fat, it's percentage of total weight. So if somebody mm-hmm. puts, you know, if you're 20% body fat, you put on 10 pounds of lean muscle. All of a sudden now you're, you know, given what your total scale weight is, I mean, now all of a sudden you might be 17 or 15%. And I've never seen anybody not look better by putting on muscle. So it's, what's weird, and we get into this with our nutrition templates, and I'm sure you guys working with your one-on-one clients, um, you know, everybody's like, I want to lean out. And you're like, yeah. But there's two ways to lean out. We can either reduce the scale weight and try to drop body fat, or we can add muscle and increase your, what is it, uh, your metabolic demand by having a greater amount of muscle. But we also know that if you drop your calories too low, you get into starvation mode. In starvation mode, your body gets rid of what's ever most expensive to maintain, which is muscle. So it's this kind of interesting balance. So I'll kick it over to you guys. Kind of on that vein. I mean, a lot of Specifically, female clients want to lose this like magic five to 10 pounds, but we get there and we do it say, and they're like, we haven't put the emphasis on training as well, which I try to put all of my clients on a power athlete program or some sort of strength program. Then they still don't like what they look in the mirror because if you are trying to lose body fat, 
you can't, you want to be able to see the muscle underneath. So just like what you said, you could lose that five pounds and still be unhappy because you just have a higher, like there's nothing to peel away. It's like opening a banana and the banana has no, like there's nothing under the peel. Like you want to, you know, you want something fun underneath. So have to have muscle before you kind of focus on body fat. Hey, Power Athlete Nation. I need to take a few moments to thank our sponsor, Power Athlete Training Systems, for providing the best training programs on the universe, in the universe, in the metaverse. I mean, really, if this is the matrix, and I'm pretty sure we're stuck in the matrix, Neo and Morpheus are uploading Power Athlete Training Systems. I'm pretty sure they're doing field strong. What do you think, McCorkin? Oh, I agree. They are on a specific training program for what they need. And to find out what you need, listeners, head to powerathletehq.com forward slash training and take our little survey to find the perfect training program for you. So we have developed training programs specific for an archetype. You want to get jacked? We got Jack Street. If you're looking to foster and develop athleticism, we got Field Strong. If you're looking to kick the door off of hinges and smash things and cut up and just be a fucking badass, we got Hammer. If you're first experience in terms of lifting weights and getting used to a barbell using a basic linear progression with bedrock that's the right one for you and if you have a few miles underneath your belt maybe a few kids fortune 500 ceo or maybe life's getting a little in the way i want you to check out grindstone and if your job and your desire is to fucking wad your face off i want you to go check out johnny wad and if you want to stack on a little johnny bot on that and hit a little bodybuilding accessory we got that too so what we've done is we've created this amazing catalog of services, these training programs designed for archetypes, and every one of them fits a specific user. And you know what? If you want to find that user, go on. I want you to take the survey, and then I want you to click on and take our seven-day free trial and see which one is right for you. Best-in-class training. And for less than a dollar a day, you mm. get it delivered straight to the mobile app Train Heroic. Mm-hmm. And if you want to sign up for our newsletter, you can go to powerathletehq.com forward slash or backslash forward slash forward slash newsletter. I want you to go to that, sign up for the newsletter where you can get more information, not only on training programs, get uh, discounts on shop on the merch, and really just know what's going on within Power Athlete with the Academy and some of our other initiatives. And the latest episodes of Power Athlete Radio. Which is really the most important thing. Power Athlete Radio the premier podcast of strength and conditioning and your resource for the best information on training, nutrition, cars, maybe some movies, banter and banter. I mean, we've been on other fitness podcasts and when it comes to banter, we can fucking out banter anybody. Yes. And if you're a big fan of power athlete radio, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Hit us with a five-star review that we will read. If you leave us an amazing five-star review, we will read it on air. And believe me, I love reading the reviews, uh, especially the five-star ones, because it lets us know we're doing a good job. And we got some very creative listeners out there. We do. I mean, uh, that's why there are people. Yes. Throw your hat into the ring. Again, head to powerathletehq.com forward slash training for all your training needs. Take a little survey. Find out what you're training for. Seven-day free trial on that program and training for less than $1. Thanks for Power Athlete Radio for sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Well, uh, that's that skinny fat deal. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and we, we used to run into this all the time when I owned the the gym. I had a client who, uh, this is awful, but she kind of looked like chewed bubblegum. Like she just kind of <laughs> was like, 
skinny, but had like looked like chewed bubble gum. And she's like, oh, I just want to lean out. And I remember being like, I just don't think there's enough muscle under there. I don't think yeah. if you lean out. And of course, what does she do? She stops eating. She does hot yoga. I'm doing these 72 hour fasts with like, you know, 24 hours of eating and like all this crazy hot yoga. And she ended up losing like 10 pounds, I think within like, you know, a month or it was something crazy. And, uh, she just looked dramatically worse. Mm-hmm. Now she just looked drawn out and worse. And like, I remember telling her, I'm like, I just don't think there's any muscle underneath there. Like we're, so, I mean, if we could do something high protein diet, don't overeat your calories. Let's put on muscle. And I think you're going to be a lot happier. I've just never met anybody who wasn't happier by putting on five or 10 pounds of muscle. If I could mm-hmm. like magically just put on five or 10 pounds of muscle, I'd be like, shit, I'll take it, you know, but then, uh, and I'm sure you guys would too. You're like, great. I, I've got five or 10 pounds of muscle in my, uh, in, in my stocking for Christmas. I'm happy to take it. But at the end of the day, I think, and this is kind of the misnomer where everybody's like, I want to lean out. Well, yeah, leaning out only looks good if you have muscle underneath and a, and a pretty decent amount of it. So why don't we put on that? And it ends up making it a lot easier to do that. But, um, let's give some parameters on this stuff. I mean, I think it's always uh, helpful when people listen to this to kind of have some context, like what would be some version of like a starvation diet, like no fucking food. Yeah. I think, you know, I think a lot of times it trying to figure out how many calories is equivalent to trying to figure out how much cardio people need. Right. So like people automatically go to more minutes and cardio and then the flip side of that for um, calories is they start going way too low. And I think what ends up happening for people is they, like, I think the starvation mode um, and Sam and I kind of were sharing some resources. We talked about this a little bit back and forth over text message in the past couple of days is that there's not really a starvation mode where people are going to hold on to fat, hold on to water so, so much because there just has been studies, for instance, the um, the Minnesota starvation study with Ansel Keys, where you know they put people in a very severe cal- caloric deficit of uh, 1,500 calories for 24 weeks, and nobody ever like gained fat in that. They continued to lose fat and lose muscle and all that. So, I think what happens is people just start to go lower and lower with calories. But what happens to them is they get super famished and hungry and then they just, uh, you know, flip side and binge eat, which they typically don't report because people just don't, they under report what they eat, like even in a coaching setting. Right. So, you know, what happens is they, they yo-yo back and forth between really low calorie and really high calorie or even doing things like intermittent fasting for too long and just to have such a shortened window that they don't even really eat enough calories. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's what happens to people and what they also don't really realize when they do that, when they go super low with uh, calories is they actually lower their metabolic rate, right? Because as you start to get super low in weight and super low in calories, you just, your, your meta- metabolic rate goes down, not up. Right. Wouldn't you so say let's, so, let's, Sam? Let's yeah. live. Well, let's live in that metabolic rate before we, we go any further. So let's explain metabolic rate yeah. to our listeners that made you be getting into the world of strength and performance. Yeah. And there's, fitness. there's, yeah. um, oh God, um, what's it called? Um, the deal with BMR. Do, yeah. So, so there's yeah. A, uh, something called your basal metabolic rate. And uh, you can actually go and get it tested if you Google online. What they do is say, I did it over in at the University of 
of uh, Texas. They have a, a health center and I went in and they hook you up to a breathing apparatus. And what they do is they measure through this breathing apparatus, um, an estimate. They have uh, some algorithm where they measure, I think it's like carbon or carbon dioxide that's expelled within, um, within breathing. And they're able to give you a, uh, range of this is how many calories your body uh, is able or is burning on a day without, uh, like, you know, without exercise. So I think, uh, at one point when I did it, um, I remember when I was playing the NFL, uh, probably one of my, uh, you know, peak, I think I was at 4,300 calories a day was what I was burning a day without any exercise. So for me, it was like six to 7,000 calories is what I had consumed just to maintain my body weight, which was looked like six, you know, it was like five, 1200 calorie meals, which if you guys want to equal that one out, it's kind of turns into a full-time job. Um, and then yeah. when, I, when I did it a year ago, I think I was somewhere around, I want to say like 24, 2500. Yeah. And so with that, you know, and I remember years ago uh, when, when Tom Inklenon and I were talking about it, he said like, the easiest way is to figure out somebody's uh, basal metabolic rate and just eat that number and then use the exercise to train into caloric restriction. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, if, uh, you know, your rate's 2,400, you can eat 2,400 and then just, you know, you know, figure out like lift weights, doing a little bit of aerobic work. I mean, the aerobic work is, is pretty interesting because I think people have this misnomer like, oh, uh, you know, aerobic work, you know, uh, level two, stage two, uh, you know, burns fat. It doesn't really, it just helps us get in caloric restriction, which is the fancy way of getting in caloric restriction, high protein diet, which is extremely, um, you know, muscle sparing. So, uh, that's how I've always kind of used it. But I think the, the misnomer, and I think you guys get into this too, was when you prescribe a certain amount of calories, there's this idea that there's 3,500 calories in a pound. Now, whether or not that's accurate or not, I've seen a bunch of research recently that's like, no, nah, they figured that out a long time ago. That's not necessarily the case, but I think it's a good place to start. Like, Hey, if I'm going to subtract 500 calories from your diet, somebody eventually has to weigh themselves to actually know if they're in caloric restriction. And if they're not losing weight, then they're not in caloric restriction. And you either have to add more exercise or pull more food out, which I personally don't like to pull food out. I just subscribe more exercise. Yeah. And that, that's a way like to kind of combine it into a deficit is maybe you take away 250 calories, but then you prescribe a little bit more of that cardio or daily activity for 250 more calories. So then you can still eat a lot of food, but you are still burning that 500 calories. So you can kind of meet clients in the middle. Um, you know, and I have clients that would rather eat less and do less. And then I have clients that are like, oh yeah, you know, I can bump up my step count or add 20 minutes here, there on the bike or stair stepper, whatever they choose. Um, but yeah, that's, it's very interesting. Cause I have clients, you know, tell me, Hey, my Apple watch told me that my BMR is 1800 calories and I know their height, age, weight, gender. And I'm like, it's pretty implausible that, you know, you're at 1800 calories. And I think Rob and I use this same calculation since not everyone has access to get um, the testing you've done it's the Mifflin St. Jor and that can, you can kind of plug and play into that and it gives pretty accurate. Um, it's one of the more accurate ones used for athletes and normal people to find that number. Um, so I know that's what I use for my clients to find that BMR. Um, and then kind of to touch on that, you may, people get confused with the resting metabolic rate with the basal metabolic rate resting is literally if you are just like not 
even stretching. Like as soon as you stretch your arm, that's considered basal metabolic rate. So the RMR isn't typically used for anything. If you're doing Google searches. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just pulling it up. Uh, yeah. The Mifflin St. George equation is you guys yeah. can just do a real basic spelling. Uh, Mifflin M I F F L I N St. George J E O R. <laughs> I'm going with the French translation, not Oh, well, Bornet. Don't yeah, try like to French well, it up, dirt. Yeah, that fucking well born a asshole. Um, but it's uh, like it. It's so interesting, and and whenever you have these equations, and there's uh, so many people that are definitive and make it seem so easy. It's like, oh, you have yeah. to eat caloric restriction. And I think for the most part, uh, this is kind of fascinating because I I've had clients on both sides of this deal. I've had people that know they're in caloric restriction because they're hungry all the time. And for me personally, I know I'm in caloric restriction when I'm hungry. My wife, yeah. on the other hand, you're moving like, through she, your food. Yeah, she she's like, um, like, like she never had that same deal. Like she could be in caloric restriction and still feel satiated. Whereas, like all of a sudden, I find myself <laughs> like, I know I'm in caloric restriction when I like get up and I like go to the fridge and open it and walk around and I'll be like, oh fuck, I'm really hungry. Okay, this is good. And then I just go sit on the couch or I just get a big glass of water with Element and I drink that. And yeah, normally that's that, what I have that, right here. Dude, that's like the hunger killer. Or the other yeah. one too is uh, like an apple. Like for some reason, mm -hmm. if I'm hungry and I eat an apple, like that's like a, I mean, I don't know if it's like the actual uh, like crunchiness or the sound or whatever that is, but that's like perfect for me instead of like, you know, cause I mean, people make terrible decisions. Like, uh, I will, like one of my best pieces of advice is to clients. It's like, don't go to the supermarket hungry, like eat a meal, yeah. then go to the supermarket. Cause you'll make terrible fucking decisions. You'll come home and be like, I don't even know why I bought any of this shit. So <laughs> that's like a big one for us. Like, uh, um, like we'll take the kids to the market on Sunday, but it's usually after we eat. And I'm like, I'm never taking kids hungry because they'll just walk around and grab stupid shit. What are you shaking your head? You take your kids to the supermarket when they're hungry? Take myself. <laughs> By kids, you mean me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just people make bad decisions. But well, I really think. Hammer um, 90, I'm avoiding the uh, Whole Foods hard kombucha aisle. Do you think kombucha uh, uh, is putting weight on you? I think it did. Like I'm down of adhering to the two drinks a week. And that's, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm feeling good, looking good. I I feel like, uh, um, like kombucha and things like that are kind of like sneaky calories. It can like, be, oh. I mean, they can have like 12 grams of sugar in there. And you're yeah. just. What would drink in six? What are some other forms like uh like what are other things like like when you guys work with your clients um and I know like you know you guys use my fitness pal and you use some some software to kind of track their calories what's things that like and and I, I used to look at this where I'd see things on their food charts and be like there's no way you fucking had it one tablespoon of, of peanut butter yeah if they even put it on there well uh, like that was one of my clients this guy came in I think I've told you guys a story um we were helping him lean out he was a CrossFit trainer up in L A so he brings me this like perfect fucking like food lock to the point where I was like, wow, this isn't, it was like, you know, 11.2 ounces of this 4.1 ounces of this. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> so we go through this thing. He comes down, he does the consult. Uh, I said, I give him the diet. We're checking in every week. He comes back a month later, hasn't lost a single fucking pound. And I'm like looking at this and I start, you know, pulling out the calculator and I'm calculating it up. I'm like, Hey, and you're doing this workout and this and this and this, and you haven't lost a pound. And, um, at the end of the day, I'm like, ah, I don't know what to tell you. And he was like upset at me. And I'm like, dude, if this is what you're eating and this is what you're training, like the results, like, uh, I mean, unless there's some form of like severe metabolic derangement. And then the next thing I did is send him to the doctor and was like, maybe there's something going on when I actually <laughs> believed 
that there might be some like hormonal thing. And it's like, I just can't lose weight. And uh, I'm like, fuck, man, I don't know how to help you on that one. Yeah. Well, Rob and I, when we were sharing resources, um, there was a study we came across and it was, I mean, there's a ton of studies of how people vastly underreport what they consume or, you know, they're eyeballing it instead of weighing and measuring. But it was something like there was a 37% discrepancy in what they ate versus what they wrote down. So if you think you're in a caloric deficit at like 15 or 1600 calories, that bumps it up to actually eating like 2400 calories, which that's a huge difference if you're trying to lose weight or even know kind of what your baseline is. Um, it's like, of course, you're not going to see results. And I've, I run into this and Rob, you might as well, but sometimes you're overeating on, you can overeat on good foods, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're crushing avocados or trail mix, even if there's not the M&Ms in it, like calories and energy are still calories and energy. So depending how fast you want to see progress and how like lean you want to get, it does kind of come down to like how many um, like specific ounces of egg whites are you eating? Like, sure, it's protein, but you can, you know, you still want to be in deficit. So you do make a good point. I mean, if, if people historically are always going to underreport their calories, then how do you work that in, uh, you know, uh, on, on your nutrition side? Like, I mean, you know, we can either take human, um, like human behavior into account for this and like, you know, like almost equate for it. Or is it something where you're like, Hey, here's the diet. Because I mean, dude, like, uh, something I fuck up constantly is I always weigh my meat after I cook it. So it's kind of this trick that I have, like, Hey, like if I put, um, you know, 12 ounces of, uh, of steak, for example, I'll eat 12 ounces of cooked steak, not 12 ounces pre-cooked. So that way I know that like, I'm always overeating on my protein. So like, it just kind of like works out that way. But I also know from all the, all the studies that nobody ever got fat from eating too much protein. Um, like even when they did the refeeding Mm -hmm. studies where they had people eat 20 and 30% more calories with protein, those people just tended to lean out faster. And they didn't necessarily, yeah. any of the weight that was stored wasn't muscle. So I always kind of look at it like, well, shit, if I'm overeating on protein, um, I'm probably okay. Um, it's the other stuff that I tend to be like, either just avoid, like for me personally, I tend to eat all my carbs around uh, my training time. So mm-hmm. if I can eat most of my carbs around the training time, then I just eat more proteins towards the end of the day. And it just tend, tends to work out easier for me. Um, but I mean, there's little tricks I think people work into, but that's one that I know purposely I do. But when I calculate it out in like my fitness pal, um, you know, cause I'll, I'll do stuff like I'll weigh it pre and then I kind of weigh it post. And I, I kind of know in my mind that I kind of have a slide mm-hmm. scale so that if I'm a little under on protein, it doesn't really matter. Cause I'm always overeating on it. Yeah. And you lose, I want, I think it's like 25% ish when you cook it just from, you know, you get like a pound of shrimp or whatever, and you always end up with like 25% less. Yep. Um, so if you're like planning meals based on cooked portions, I always say like, if you know you need, I'm just throwing numbers out, five pounds of meat from the grocery store uh, cooked, then add 25% when you're purchasing it fresh. So, Well, if I mean, uh, ground beef, for example, uh, if I cook a, a, if it's like the the butcher I get to, I'm pretty sure it's 80-20 because when I cook it, I can tell you how much fat's in it. And I know that a pound ends up being almost 80%, like that 20% Mm -hmm. cooks off pretty well. So I know if I'm going to eat like 10 ounces of that, like I know I have to cook X. So it's kind of like 
just a slide scale, but I, I like there's two things, I'm, and I, I stole this one from Paul Carter. Nobody ever got kicked out of fat camp for eating too many vegetables, yeah. which uh, <laughs> which is such a funny statement because it's true. I mean, like, and I'm sure you guys get it too, where people are like, oh yeah. my god, you know, how many vegetables and carbs. <laughs> And the only time I've really ever seen that become a factor is like for my son, for example, as a type one diabetic, yeah. um, I actually have to calculate his carbs for vegetables, but it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating for him. He just eats, um, like when I, uh, like what I give him, he had, um, it's, he, he had red meat, he had steak the other day and then I made him like a big thing of kale. And I was, I don't know if you guys have ever tried to calculate how much kale, it's almost next to fucking impossible to figure <laughs> out how many calories are in because you have this huge bag. And what I do is yep. I put it in a big pot with a little bit of olive oil and salt. And then I just put the lid on and real low simmer. And it ends up like kind of like cooking all down. And yeah. then you, all of a sudden you start with this huge pot and you get to the bottom and it looks like there's like this. One there's like nothing. Yeah, there's fucking <laughs> nothing in there. So I'm like trying to calculate this. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't know how many carbs are in this. And then you're, you know, because I'm trying to do the math. Like I know if he gets 12 grams of carbs, I know how much insulin he needs. And uh, yeah, the kale completely just fucking yeah. disrupts me. It's almost easier for me to like find some like gluten-free paleo, uh, you know, super low carb, like, you know, bar cookie where I can cut it into sections where I know like, and I even know then that those are, those could be off by 30%. So there's yeah. like a kind of an interesting slide scale trying to monitor his blood sugar. Yeah. Um, just kind of going back to olive oil, we talked about food logs and just overeating, um, counting oils and fats when you're cooking and sauces. That's something that a lot of people don't necessarily add into their logs. Um, and I'm not trying to make it sound bad, but I even had a client recently just ask like, Hey, you know, you send this Roy G Biv list out, like avocado is on there as something that's green. Like, does that mean I can eat it with abandon? And just knowing like, no, like that one's a, a fat, you know, count that as a fat, but there are these simple things that you can, um, you might not even realize you're eating, you know, or, if you go out to eat a lot, I saw something, I forget who posted it, but it was like how to order an egg at a restaurant. If you're like really serious about your diet and it was, if it's fried, it's getting put in some sort of fat, probably like a vegetable oil. So get it poached because yep. then it's just going into water. And I'm like, that yeah, is that was, the best tip. That was an old seminar traveling. Yeah. Oh, was it? Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we've been ordering poached eggs. The only problem is, is if you yeah. go to a restaurant, and you ask for six poached eggs. They probably want to kill right? you. Times you four. Know. You're like, yeah, that sounds great. I'll have six poached eggs. And, and then, then they're, and they're like, I'll have the same thing. 45 minutes later, we're <laughs> waiting to, yeah, we're, we're, we're four <laughs> dudes order. We're, we're trying to get to the seminar and we're like, where the fuck's our food? He's like, you assholes order 24 poached eggs. So, <laughs> Uh, oh <laughs> yeah. shit yeah no that was uh yeah everybody's like wow i love poached eggs yeah. it's yeah, cracking the water uh there yeah. there's also though and uh, and i've never been actually been able to going. find the, the the research and i remember oh, rob wolf asked me on this uh Inkledon has always told me that when you cook the egg in the shell it increases the bioavailability of the protein and increases the protein content of the egg and I, I, we said it here on the podcast, uh -huh. and Rob has been like, where is that fucking research? Because he's never been able to find it, and I've never ever got this definitive out of Inky. Yeah, that. man, there are different egg waves that we've adopted. One of those was the hard, I don't call it hard-boiled, I guess soft-boiled eggs. Yeah, soft-boiled So uh -huh. you can still peel it, and it, it's not like runny yolk, but it's still like... So uh, the other yeah. thing, which is pretty fascinating, is the difference between the farm eggs, like uh, we get, like, so... Um, 
uh, our neighbor, Kathy, uh, she has like, I don't know, like 50 chickens. She has so many chickens. We won't get chickens because she gives <laughs> us so many eggs. We probably get like, I mean, at, at one point she was giving us easy, like 40, 50 eggs a week. Oh and, my uh, God. like to the point where like, we, I was just cracking them and putting them in my dog's food. And, um, mm. um, and, but what's wild is that, uh, the, the farm fresh eggs are dramatically different, like how they cook yeah. and more importantly, like when you boil them, cause <laughs> and then I, I the, the color especially, but, um, the, if you guys do a little research, they do something to the eggs in the, in the grocery store. Like I think they scrub them. They do something wild where they, uh, they don't last nearly as long. So her eggs, like, man, you can like leave them out. Like you don't even have to refrigerate them. And I mm-hmm. asked her about that and she was like, yeah, think about that. Like when would a chicken ever refrigerate an egg? And so, I mean, they just stay a really long time and they're usually pretty good and the oaks are real thick. It's just, just a super different consistency. Yeah. Rob, you were saying something? Um, yeah, I was going back to uh, Sam's point where she was kind of talking about uh, sauces and things like that. I think in general, people, when, they, when they're thinking about the calories that they consume, they forget about liquid calories of any mm-hmm. sort. Um, and that including sauces, like, like those things don't even exist. Um, but I also think too, just, uh, you know, nuts are a huge thing that people consume overeat cause it's just so easy to kind of grab them. So I think those things are like, as we were kind of going back to things that trip people up in, you know, like text, you were talking about the kombucha, you know, those things we just forget about liquids and, you know, the hand to mouth things like. Uh, they are definitely um definitely using uh way more peanut butter or nut butters than than they really should be so that's just what i want to say if uh you know for the listeners if you guys were to put together like a pretty good battle plan like um you know and i uh like just looking at like the comments especially just even with on like the uh you know, like you think about like the podcast with YouTube and pushing them out there. Uh, the nutrition podcasts that have to do with leaning out do dramatically better than the ones with bulking, which is just because everybody's, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it either. Whereas, uh, like, and if we were to put together a battle plan, like I, and I always say like, Hey, if, uh, if you gave me, let's say 24 weeks, uh, I would not diet somebody for 24 weeks. I'd die mm-hmm. for maybe 12 weeks. I would spend the first 12 weeks trying to put on as much as muscle as possible as long as somebody buys in on that. And I think what's hard is that people don't realize that actually muscle is really the stuff that you're trying to strip away to see. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have enough of that, regardless of how much we strip away, it's going to look like dog shit and that like chewed bubble gum. So we're going to put together a bit of a game plan on this. Uh, you know, and I'm sure you guys do this with your clients, like, like walk us through it a little bit. Like somebody comes to you and they buy nutrition counseling. And I know we do, you know, three, six months a year, somebody buys a year, do you periodize them through that year or is it something where they come in and they're like, Hey, I want to lean out. And you're like, that's great, but we got to put on muscle on the front side. So when we rip, strip it down and on the backside, it's, we're going to look like a package that we want to put together. Yeah. I think it depends where they're starting. So I have some people that you, okay, this might sound negative, but you look at them and you're like, yeah, you could, you need to lose weight, right? Like even if there's not muscle underneath there um, right now, like you do have a lot of you know, there's probably a lot of visceral, which is the fat that surrounds your organs, the subcutaneous, which is the fat you can see. So I feel comfortable putting them right away into a caloric deficit to kind of get those pounds coming off. They get the momentum, they're feeling accomplished, right? You get a little bit more buy-in. 
because if I'm working with a coach and I, I can compromise a little bit, but you still can't take away. There's something magical and terrible about the scale, right? Like people obsess about it and it is, that could be a whole different podcast. Um, but then letting them know like, Hey, this is, you know, your progress, progress is going to slow down. You're going to start adding muscle, especially if you're on a power athlete program. And then we're going to need to refuel come that month four, five, six to like, what well, bring it back to the topic of this podcast. We don't lower your BMR so much that then you are set at a new low and we can still keep that metabolism wanting to work for us instead of against us. Um, and then we can lean back out and that's why, you know, three months is super motivating, but actually pushing into that, working with a coach for six months, nine months to a year, you can cycle through and see like sustainable progress on the scale as well as lifestyle and just composition change. Cause it takes time. I mean, you don't, we're doing this hammer 90, you know, and that's 90 days of consistently following a plan and a training program and drinking water and not drinking alcohol. And it took until about day 35 <laughs> for me to like see a result in my photos. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh shit, look at that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> just I have, time. Uh, 12,000 steps. Cause I got practice three, four nights a week. You, so nice. Today you have 12,000 steps uh, daily. So oh, now oh. I following right now I was like well the oh, end man. of season basically the last 30 days I need to find ways to get that extra work that I'm getting mm -hmm. in uh on that note with the scale Sam yeah. we do have episode 493 in which we discuss that mm -hmm. old podcast okay. studio I just pulled it up John you'd be maybe we should redo that one <laughs> that'd be a good um, one to redo uh, but no and, I mean any more closing points we got a few minutes yeah. here no I mean oh, it's yeah. um like like, I think you bring up a great point that it takes time. And I think everybody has this idea that like, hey, as soon as I flip the switch, uh, you know, like uh, I should be able to lean out like, dude, it takes like uh, yeah. it's almost a day for every you know day that you didn't like, uh, you know, like how long does it take to get in shape? How long does it take to get strong? It takes a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're really trying to get to a point. You know, like, and I, dude, I'm, um, I think everybody here is guilty of this where you're like, you know, you train pretty hard and you, you know, your diet's on point for like a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden something hits you like travel and whatever, and you miss some training days. Uh, you know, like it just kind of, it, it would be a lot easier if we were just in a constant environment. Like we go back to lockdown where you're like, I got nowhere to go and I'm just going to stay here and train every day. And, uh, it doesn't work like that. Like, uh, I'm, I'm getting thrown a curveball at the end of this hammer, hammer 90. I'm going, um, to do a motorcycle ride with Matt Vincent for a week where we're riding from San Francisco to Joshua tree for Indian motorcycles. So they're going to film this whole thing and it's going to be like seven days on a motorcycle. And it's like May one through May seven, May. 8, and I'm like, fuck. Uh, so I'm like, Hey, uh, like, like what do the days look like? They're like, Oh, we're going to ride 150 miles. We got to stop. And there's all this filming. And I'm like, Oh fuck. I'm just not, I'm just not going to fucking eat for a week. It's fine. Let's drink water and fucking coffee and hit survive on hate. So, but like, you know, that's a type of situation where you're like, you know, you get thrown out of your regiment and your deal and you just kind of have to have a game plan. And I think what you guys do so well is that, um, you don't let your clients go it alone. And I think a lot of times when you're training or diet or, uh, you know, trying to get in shape, everybody feels like you're kind of isolated and it's nice to have a support group or at least somebody to kind of give you a little plan to be like, all right, I know life's throwing you a curveball, but we can, uh, equate for this if we put together 
a plan of attack that can help you get through this. So yeah, I don't necessarily know how I'm going to do this, but, uh, I just was like, fuck, like, like, where are we going to eat? Is it roadside places? And then I'm just trying poached to like, eggs, dude. It's going to be poached eggs, boiled chicken. And there are these bitching. I found these meat bars, uh, that, uh, Cashy likes that are like, um, they're almost like biltong, but they're more like, um, sticks. And I think I was just going to buy a bunch of those. So I'm going to buy those. I'll bring some element and, uh, it's going to be probably poached eggs in some form of grilled chicken. It's going to be awful. Yeah. And that's, so, uh, but it's going to be cool to ride a motorcycle for a week. I'm stoked yeah, on that. Well, I don't know if I would like that, but. You don't, <laughs> you don't cool. like that? Uh, I wouldn't like it. I, sounds cool. Looks badass. Not for me. Well, Hammer 90 is coming soon. We are getting some people reaching out about that. So just yeah. sit tight. Let us go through mm-hmm. it, suffer, and provide you the best opportunity as a user. Well, where else, guys, can people go to learn more about Power Athlete Nutrition and, more importantly, coaching? Yeah, so the website, um, all of the uh, coaching information is going to be on the website. But It's nutrition at powerathletehq.com. That goes to me and Rob. And then Rob and I are both pretty active on social media. So if you have any questions, um, you can shoot us at our Instagrams. Um, mine is at Samantha underscore underscore Flaherty. And if it's something that requires a long-winded answer, I will probably just direct you to my email. Um, but pretty available there. Yeah. And you can always hit us on DMs and social media and, uh, you know, uh, just shoot them to power athlete. You know, they're usually pretty good about forwarding them on to us. If we, we got some pretty yeah. good questions, Rob, what's your social? It's at PT Rob one nine six seven. There we go. Well, yeah. thank you for tuning in power athlete nation and the premier podcast and strength conditioning. I said to break it up to be old school since you brought up the old one. That's right. Cool. Bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!